Oh, I guess we're going already. <laughs> what up? What's up? What's up? We're, we're back for Genesis Fall. Genesis Fall. Yeah, we get some uh, first murder in human history. Ooh, gonna go down. I didn't. You're gonna jump. do a spoiler? Yeah, I did. I did. Jump too far ahead. Well, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Close your ears now. That's right, <laughs> guys. We're really excited <laughs> to bring you Genesis chapter four. We were looking at Genesis one through three. Yep. And Genesis four, we get to see kind of what a culmination of what happened yep. in Genesis three, right? Yep. Sin enters the world. Yep. And it gets pretty nasty pretty quick. Downhill quick, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's go ahead and get started. Genesis chapter four. If you don't mind, I'll get us started off. Hit us, hit it with it, yeah. Genesis four. We're in the NASB. Always. <laughs> turn 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 to your turn turn to that section if you have the Bible in front of you. Yeah. Cain and Abel. Yeah. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fail? Fallen. If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain told Abel his brother, and it came. Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Man, so that's obviously a pretty negative start. But before we get to the murder, in verse one uh, is actually a verse that a lot of scholars talk about. So toward the end of verse one, it says Eve is talking uh, about her birth, about her, her giving birth. And she said, I have gotten a man child with the help of the Lord. So I don't know if in your Bibles um, it maybe have it has something italicized um, the help of the Lord or with the help of the Lord. So some scholars argue or or. or discuss that remember in last chapter genesis 3 genesis three fifteen, we talked about how god gave the um promise of the messiah and so i it, some scholars argue that eve believes because she trusted god for the promise of the messiah that eve maybe was assuming that the messiah was coming like right away that that was going to be the next baby born so this idea uh, some scholars read it as i have gotten a man-child, the Lord. Um, so just kind of pointing once again to um, this promised Messiah in the Old Testament, uh, that it was from the very beginning of the Bible. So, so did the original Hebrew, does it say man-child Lord, or does it just say man-child? 
No, it has the Lord, but the problem is that the original Hebrew is hard to write. It's hard to understand. They, 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 there's a lot of things that are more clear than others. This is one of those verses that isn't as clear as a lot of the other verses. So when she says, I have gotten a man child with the help of the Lord, mm-hmm. with, with, that, with, with the help. Means, that obviously means she gave birth. Yeah, she gave birth. But the, but what I'm saying is that in the original, they, they argue that in the original Hebrew, that wasn't with the help of. I have gotten a man child, the Lord. In other words, I have had the Messiah. Ah. That's what she believes. Mm. Right? She's not making a, a it's not, it's, the Bible's not making a claim that. That's why it's italicized here. Right. With the help of. Right. That's why it's italicized because it wasn't in the original. It, it's kind of like the, the, since languages are different, um, sometimes we insert uh, certain words in our language to help it flow smoother, right? Mm. If we can't do direct, direct um, translations. But anyway, so it's just an interesting verse. Like, so. I'm not sure. Like, I, I think when I heard that explanation, I thought the way it was explained to me, it made a lot of sense. Maybe, maybe that's not true. Maybe this is the best way to understand it, that she was like, hey, God helped me by giving me another child, right? Mm. So maybe that, maybe it's as simple as that. Um, but the point is, the word verse is worth looking into. Absolutely. And I think it's <laughs> worth noting that when you're studying the Bible, you might see something italicized. Mm-hmm. You might see a footnote as well. Mm-hmm. And when you click on that footnote, it might give you a better uh, or a different understanding of what yeah. that word actually is because there yeah. is translations yeah. in this. So don't ever be afraid if you have a question about a particular line, then you could always look it up or you can just click on the footnote. Yeah. So then it looks like Eve had... A Abel yep. gave birth to Abel yep. after she gave birth to Cain. Mm-hmm. So Cain was her firstborn. Yep. Abel was her secondborn. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they had two different jobs. Yep. Abel was the keeper of the flocks. Mm-hmm. Cain so was, like a shepherd, yeah. was a tiller of the ground. Right. And after which they came to a point where... It was appropriate to bring an offering Mm -hmm. to the Lord. And God is appears to be satisfied with Mm -hmm. Abel's offering, but is not satisfied with Cain's offering. Yep. What are your thoughts there? So I've heard it said that uh, Abel approached God with the the right heart. See, the problem is that, or one of the difficulties is there's very limited information here, right? The when we read this, we want to kind of know all the details, right? But either way, we know enough to know that Abel is being obedient and Cain is not. But so some of some of what I've read suggests that Abel was bringing God, um, he was bringing his offering to God with the right intention. He was bringing um, a sacrificial amount to God. He was doing those things. And Cain was kind of taking the offering um, just very casually. He wasn't taking it seriously. He didn't have the right uh, conditioned heart before the Lord. And I think it's fair to say whenever you read this, Abel, on his part, brought of the first lengths right. of his flock and of their fat portions. Mm-hmm. Sounding like Abel's bringing his best. Yes, exactly. 
Whereas Cain, on the other hand, Cain just brought an offering to the Lord. Right. Of the fruit of the ground. Right. And it further goes on to say, obviously, there's a difference there, right? Yeah. Cain brings an offering. Mm -hmm. Abel brings his best. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think it's fair to say, going back to your intentions comments. Yeah. Abel's heart seems like it was in the right place. When you're bringing your best, you're giving your best. Right. Whereas Cain, on the other hand, he was... Sam seems like just doing his duty. Yeah. You know, right. Just, just just checking off a box. I'm supposed to do this, whatever kind of a thing. So I think we get caught up in the fact that the fact that they both brought anything at all, mm-hmm. we're, we kind of set the bar low. I like, yeah. see this and we see like, well, King, he brought something, didn't right. he? Shouldn't that be enough? You know? Right. And God, on the other hand, says, you're let that you're setting the bar way too low. Though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, not only do you need to bring something, but you need to bring your best. Yeah. So yeah. I think we can kind of take take from that in our own lives um, a different perspective that giving just anything at all that's not enough. Yeah. No, I mean you know Christ said um, Christ said in the in the Gospels you know where where you put your money uh, you're there your heart will also be and so without trying to dive into that or, or make these parallel, it's the idea of the level of investment you're making in something uh, causes you to be that much more in intention than it, right. you know? And right. so obviously that's, um, we should bring a high level of investment to the things of God because that should be a huge priority in our life. And if we're not investing in it, then it isn't a priority. Right. Yeah. So, so what does God say right after? <laughs> Cain was angry mm-hmm. and he was upset. Mm-hmm. And the Lord gets said, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fell? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do so well, sin is crouching at the door. And its dire desires for, is for you, but you must master it. So Cain gets angry. Yep. He's unhappy that the low bar that he set. Yeah was not accepted well by God. And then God basically says, listen, this is on you. Yeah. Like, don't blame me for this. And God gives him a chance to correct it. He's like, look, if you, if you take the correct steps from here, it'll be fine. And then God warns him, like, don't fall into the sin. Don't, don't give into that, you know? Right. Yeah. I think we should be on guard that we should always be giving our best. And as soon as you're not giving your best. Yeah. Sounds like you're susceptible yeah. to sin. Yeah. And so obviously it came to this terrible uh, event in verse 8 where um, Cain killed Abel. Um, and so really, I mean, this one of those deals, this Abel, we don't have any any content here to suggest that Abel and Cain had any kind of conflict. It was just Cain was mad that Abel was being righteous, right? And so he was jealous and so just killed him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so as we said earlier, sin yeah. escalated yep. quickly. Yeah. These are the first two offspring yeah. of Adam and Eve, and they're already no. literally killing each other. Yeah. It's crazy. You think you got a bad home life? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Not quite at this level. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but also, you know, um, the app applicationally, um, we, I like how you pointed out and just for my own life, I know that like when I'm not taking time for quiet times, meaning when I'm not having like my daily Bible reading, when I'm not having the consistent prayer time, when I'm not studying my Bible, I notice it's so much easier for sin to come in my life. It's right. so much easier for me to lose that sensitivity to the, the, the spiritual things and to, like I said, sin, losing that sensitivity of man. I don't want sin in my life. Um, and then also just like a distance from God, you know, it's also apart from the sin aspect, I just feel more vulnerable, more, more like likely to be bummed out, you know what I'm saying? And just those things. And so when we're not making God that priority or our relationship with him, the priority, it opens up more room to, to fall into things, you know? Right. So, yeah, unfortunately, let's move on to verse nine. Okay, so then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? He said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer of the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is too great to bear. Behold, I have, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden, and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. So the Lord said to him, therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain so that no one finding him would slay him. So here, I, I think that God takes once again another sensitive approach, even though this is such a high degree of sin. So remember in the garden, he said, Adam, where are you? Right? Like we're Adam. And so here's like, hey, Cain, where is your, your brother Abel? Right? Obviously, God knows what happened in the events, but he's giving Cain a chance, Right. And so Cain straight up lies. Just, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? God gives Cain a chance to repent. Yeah. Perhaps. God gives Cain a chance to own up to it, repent, whatever. God starts the dialogue in a way, uh, instead of just coming on, Cain, why did you kill your brother? Right? He just, he didn't do that. He didn't even ask why, if I remember right. You know, it's, it's what have you done? Right. Right. And so it's just God approaches Cain with, with questions that allow for open dialogue instead of just this uh, condemning, even though he did end up punishing him because of what what significant sin Cain did. Yeah, and his punishment's listed right here. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wonder on the earth. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big time punishment yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah. For the rest of your life, you'll never be able to grow crops again or anything like that. You're going to have a really hard time. Yeah. Not only that, you're going to be a wonder. It sounds like at this point, he's separating himself from his family. Yeah. Which is another kind of moment of you yeah. know, loneliness in a sense. Um, yeah. There's some other um, comments here by Cain as well. 
And I think Cain understands the severity of what just happens, obviously, because he says his punishment is too great to bear. And from your face, I will be hidden and I'll be a brilliant wonder on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. So in this moment, I also think it's important to point out Cain, he just cares about what's yeah. happening to him, yeah. right? You know, Yeah, they, we don't see remorse. Yeah, there's absolutely zero remorse in what he's saying. He's just, it's that whole saying where you're not sorry. sorry you're you just sorry you got My caught. dad used to tell me all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, and then this is where you find Cain, um, getting kind of special treatment from God in a sense as well. Yeah. And God doesn't want Cain's act to be met with him being murdered or killed by anybody else. And so there's a mention of of a A sign, a special sign, right? Right. A curse essentially that would be on anybody who kills him. Yeah. So Cain, you know, Cain gets exactly what he wants essentially or what he thinks he wants. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. He's concerned that somebody will find him and kill him. Yeah. And God says, listen, no one's going to kill it. No one. I'm, I, he doesn't promise he's not going to be killed. Right. Right, right, right. Whoever kills you is going to get it seven times full. Yeah. Right. So God outlines his punishment. Yep. And to me, he doesn't want anybody else mm. to come in and apply their own punishment. Right. Yeah. He doesn't want just like a murder free for all. Right. Yeah. So... All right, cool. Let's move on to the next section here. Then Cain Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So we have the Garden of Eden right here. Yep. And they are going east. East. Yep. So Cain had relations with his wife and she conceived and gave birth to Enoch. Mm. And he built a city and called the name of the city Enoch after the name of his son. Now to Enoch was born Ired, and Ired became the father of Mehujel. And Mehujel became the father of Methuselah. Methuselah became the father of Lamech. Lamech <laughs> took to himself two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other was Zillah. Ada gave birth <laughs> to Jabal. Jabal. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother, his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all those who played the lyre and pipe. As for Zillah, she also gave birth to Tubal Dashkain, the forger of all implements of bronze and iron, and the sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. So here we got a ton of analogy, a ton of genealogy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's establishing a the genealogy, for what purpose do you think that the Bible establishes genealogy? Well, I think in that culture, genealogies were important. Um, obviously, it's tracing the lineage and things like that. 
I mean, I know that one of the days uh, we talked about the age of the earth in our first episode. Mm -hmm. uh, these genealogies are actually used to help date the age of the earth because a lot of people's, uh, the amount of years they lived were given. Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of tell uh, that those that contributes. But um, I, think, I think in our society, most of the Western society today, genealogies, we don't think much about it. But even in a small town like rural America, you still have these these ideas of, oh, I know who your grandparents were, or whose son are you, or whose grandson are you? And so like in a lot of cultures and societies, these are very relevant and important. It's a significant part of history uh, to them. So I think it's we're looking at a culture that genealogies were super relevant to history. Right. Uh, you know, um, but also, though, I do want to say in line with this, um, you have, uh, I think God's purpose was, though, to trace the Messiah back. Or, well, sorry, one of God's purposes was to trace the Messiah, because in the book of Matthew, you have um, Matthew trace the genealogies to Abraham. Okay. And then you have Luke who traces the genealogies back to all the way back to Adam. Right. So without these genealogies, we wouldn't get those, um, the le legitimacy of the, or I, I don't want to say legitimacy, the fine point of, hey, here's where the Messiah came from. He was promised, here's the lineage, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. And whenever I read genealogies in the Bible, mm -hmm. The first time I read genealogies, mm -hmm. the first several times I read genealogies, I was extremely, extremely bored. Yes, I agree. And I remember thinking, I'm just going to skip this entire thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, this guy beget that guy, beget that guy, yeah. And I think it's important to note that if this is, if the Bible's a, a historical yeah. document, yeah. these genealogies are important. Yeah, it's totally relevant. And maybe, maybe less for a beginner reader in the Bible. Right. But for people who are really doing a lot of research mm -hmm. in the Bible and they really want to do deep study, these genealogies are extremely fascinating. Mm -hmm. And um, all types of archaeological digs are used, yeah. are used from the Bible as well. And so yeah. the Bible is more than just a book that you find wise quotes. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. This is a historical yeah. document. Yeah. So... I think one of the things I also noticed is the first um, mention of anyone having two wives. <laughs> and there's the mentioning of both wives here, Ada and Zillah. And it talks about how each one of these ladies had two different sets of kids. Yeah. And so let's move on to this last section here. Okay, so verse 23, Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to my voice. You wives of Lamech, give heed to my speech, for I have killed a man for wounding me and a boy for striking me. If Cain is avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventy-sevenfold. Verse 25, Adam had relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. For she said, God has appointed me another offspring in place of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth, to him also, a son was born, and he called him Enosh. Then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. 
So first off, starting off, if we recall early in the chapter, Cain was, well, God ordained that if Cain were to be killed by anyone, they would be avenged seven times, right. essentially. Yeah. Well, now Lamech is, this is not God ordained, no. but this is just Lamech saying something. Yeah. Yep. And so... Um, we have another instance of murder, I guess the second instance of murder that we see yep. here. And then Adam, so we have all these different genealogies, right? And, mm -hmm. and going on down the line. And then what you see is the Bible going all the way back up to Adam again. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're moving right back up. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of just went down this, this family tree right, right. of Cain. Yep. And we, we took that all the way down to yep. Lamech. And now we're coming back to the very top of that family tree, Adam, yep. to explore a second or a third son for this matter. Yeah. Cain was the firstborn. Yeah. Abel was the secondborn. Mm -hmm. Abel it. was killed. Yeah. So now Seth is introduced into this story. Yeah. Exactly. So we're running through all the we're running through the lineage of Cain. Abel didn't have one because he was killed. Now here we go, we're introduced to Seth. Um so uh, we're kind of being set up to see this is going to be the new offspring that that, you know, I mentioned earlier, the Messiah. This will be the offspring that the Messiah will have to come through um, because I, I we end up seeing that the Messiah does not come through the lineage of Cain uh, because of what he did. Mm -hmm. So uh, here we have Seth um, as kind of this. It's almost this last hope uh, in a sense for Adam and Eve, right, because their first son became a murderer. Right, their second son was the one killed by their first son, and so this is the son that they kind of hope things work out a little better with. Right. Uh, so, yeah. You know, um, the other fascinating thing here is now we're starting to go down Seth's genealogy, kind of mm -hmm. like you said, to Seth, to Seth, to him also, a son was born, and he called him Enosh. Mm -hmm. And so this is this is with Adam and Eve at the very top. Mm -hmm. and you have. These three people here at the bottom, one of which was killed. Now you have Enoch and Seth left over. And so Seth, we're starting to go down his family tree, in which case Enosh is born. And then finally, it ends this chapter by saying, then men, after Enosh yeah. was born, then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Not necessarily after, immediately after Enosh, but it seems that there, there, there is somewhat of a timeline given here, though. Like, because it said the word then. That's true. I agree. Yeah. Well, it, it's this whole idea that Cain wasn't this guy who wanted to call, call no. on the name. Right. God wasn't a priority no. to Cain. Right. But through Seth, it seems here that on this last verse, mm -hmm. that God is a priority through Seth's lineage. Yeah. Lineage. Yeah. And so one of the things here, I think this is kind of maybe the first, what we see of the first revival, right, in Scripture, you see. And, and I'm wondering if, so for this Genesis chapter 4, I mean, I feel like just for only this far into human history, you see a lot of murder, right? So Cain killed Abel. Now we got Lamech who killed two people. I think these are the only ones that were recorded, but it's possible this could have been just a, a murderous time. I think for one person. 
Well, uh, for I've killed a man for wounding me and I've for You're right. Him. That is true. So now what we have is we have just, it's potentially, I don't know if this is like a, a sign of the times, right? Mm-hmm. Is this like there's a bunch of murder going on? So people start getting that desperation and then this revival happens. Right. Right. So maybe that's what's going on. Either way, there's a revival. Maybe it's because maybe a lot of murder contributes to revival. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Right. But either way, revival. We're not, we're not moving on too fast here, but Cain decided to go his way. Yeah. Putting himself above God yeah. or before God, prioritizing himself. Yeah. Enosh mm-hmm. and Seth seem to be prioritizing God. Yeah. How do you think that's going to turn out? Way better. That's going to turn out good. I think... Uh, yeah, I mean we're gonna we're gonna read more about it, but yeah, I mean there's gonna be uh, obviously there's gonna be some more drama happen, but right. but yeah, I mean um, we're gonna see some really cool more people from from Seth's lineage. We're gonna do some really cool things for God, right? right? There's always gonna be bad stuff happen, but but think about if you were one of these guys who took your walk with the Lord so serious that you were written in the Bible as as being beast mode for God. And I think it's mm-hmm. fair to say that if you're a parent mm-hmm. and God is important to you and you're prioritizing God and you have a kid mm-hmm. that sees that, mm-hmm. they're more likely to imitate yeah. something like that. And so one single person mm-hmm. and their spouse can have a huge impact I agree. on the future. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can either send an entire generation, generations of people on the wrong track, mm-hmm. or you can send them on an amazing track, yeah. a relationship in which you have with God and prioritize yeah. God. It's extremely important to recognize that our actions don't only affect mm-hmm. ourselves, yeah. but can affect literally millions if not billions or the people because of the trickle effect billions billions Billions. Billions. (laughs) so um, let's keep that in mind that whenever we make decisions up today that it's not just affecting us yeah i agree especially your parents right like i love how you brought that example if you make bad decisions as a parent that has lap I mean that could have life lifetime effects on your kids and the decisions right. they make and then like you already talked about how that trickles down right. for generations and the large numbers. Um, billions. Billions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I cool. Agree. Well any final thoughts on chapter four? No, it's just um I mean well I'm sorry, my final thought would be I think sometimes we I've had conversations with people like, man you know, just in your lifetime, the world's gone, you know, been going downhill. And I think that sometimes people forget. No, I mean, the world started out as we're going to get into, right? We're going to get into a lot of terrible events just within the first uh, sections of the book of Genesis. Bad events that happen. It's like, no, the Lord was always fallen. Uh, the world was always fallen. And there was always crazy sin going on. And it's always been an issue. And that's why Christ came and died. Right. And so... Um, you know, I think people, when people go back and read the book of Genesis, maybe they've never read it or haven't read it in a while. I think it can be surprising how dark humanity started out. Right. And it's kind of, um, I was talking to a guy recently and he was talking about how just his negative view of the world and people and things like that and wanting his faith and humanity restored. And I'm not convinced 
I guess there, there's this balance, right? Like, I don't want to be a pessimistic person, but I wouldn't try to argue someone into having their faith in humanity restored. I would want to convince them or, or try to show them why they should have faith in God. You know what I'm saying? Like, faith in humanity is not something... Um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's so wishy-washy. Like, people are going to let us down. It's a fallen world. But it's faith in God. If we have the right kind of faith in God, we can help humanity without feeling like we need to have faith in them in order for our own emotional stability. Mm. You know, and so we see just the brokenness and how quickly it went downhill just in this chapter. It's crazy. So, Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. I do love this chapter. Yeah. And I think we have a lot more exciting stuff to oh, yeah. learn going forward. We're just getting warmed up. I do want to say everybody here, me, you, everybody on the planet has two options they, they, they get to choose from. Yeah. They can either prioritize God, like Abel did, or they can prior or they can prioritize themselves. Yeah. Like Cain did. And what's more exciting than having the opportunity to potentially influence tens, hundreds, yeah. thousands, millions? Yeah. Billions. 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 Guys, if y'all are wondering, hey, what should I do with my time every day? Influencing billions of people. Now, you might not have a direct influence on those people, but you'll have an indirect indirect influence through the people that you come in contact with every day. Yeah. So that's, I mean, ultimately, Jesus had 12 apostles. Yep. And those 12 apostles went and discipled people and shared the gospel. Changed, and those the, whole, changed the whole world, pretty much. So anybody who has ever heard of some of that stuff, like the butterfly effect, how yeah. one, one thing that happens can have a huge impact. Yeah. We, If we're not excited about serving God, we should get excited right now. Yeah. If at the very least, you could have an impact on a huge amount of people. Yeah. So... Anyways, want to end it on end on that note. Thank you for listening today, and hope you have a fantastic rest of the week. Yeah.